I need another one of those. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, I've had this completely new revelation that I believe is going to transform everything we're doing here at K2, but if that's going to happen, it has to first start with our staff. And that is, what's been revealed to me is the power of touch. So today at All Staff, I'm going to help inspire everybody, get them juiced to get ready to transform things from the power of touch. Okay, everybody, I am so excited for today. Um, and my mission is to help all of us understand the power of touch. So here's what we need to understand, everybody. If once we begin the blessing of touch, people are going to be changed. It's going to transform too close. people's lives. I, I, I am so excited because I know some people just don't feel loved. They don't feel cared for. It's been two days. I, I can't. Uh... Hey, bud. How's everything going? Going all right. Man, so appreciate you. Thanks for all your hard work. No problem. Hey, is anybody seeing Rachel? Hey, guys. How's it going? So good to see you, man. Huh. I can't get any work done. I can feel them coming. I can feel it. Trudy. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the great work you're doing. It's so, just the hours and hours you're pouring in. You're a fantastic employee. Thank you. Okay. He's coming right now. He's somewhere. He's around here. So, I've um, been hiding in the bathroom for about seven hours a day. It's the only safe place left. Hey, everybody! How's it going? Man, it's good to see you all. Spencer! Hey! Hey, Spencer! Hey! Hey, Spencer! Hey! Hey, buddy. Uh, Hey, man, I just wanted to have a chance just to get together and chat with you for a little bit. Oh, hey, Dave. Um, I'm probably going to be a while. All right, man. Well, I'll, I'll just wait here. I'll just wait here. Man, I, I just can't believe how well this is all working. All my research, the books I've read, it is true, man. It is so true. The morale of our team just the, the atmosphere here now at the office, it's off the charts. Hey man, I was thinking, how about if we went and got some lunch? Good. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> so, uh, no, all right. <laughs> hey, now the, and for those of you who've been here at all, you know, my wife is the one with touch as the love language. And it is not my love language. That was really hard to do. Can I just tell you that? <laughs> But here's where we are. We are going to talk about um, two facets of how we can actually have power to change each other's lives. So we laid the foundation last, foundation last week. If you weren't here, please go back and listen to last week's message. Because we laid down the whole argument for this truth that God has revealed to us through Scripture that you and I actually have power to change someone's life. And it's through this thing called the blessing. In the Bible, there's this word blessing. We don't use it a lot in our day and age. But if you were here, the actual word means to bow down. 
And again, the only time you would bow down in that culture is if someone of very high importance showed up. So the word, that's why they chose that word for the word blessing, because what it means to bless someone is you highly esteem them. You lift them up. You let them know how valuable they are and how important they are. That's what it means to bless somebody. Now, what's interesting, when, when people would bless someone in the Old Testament, it's always showing that there was somehow a beneficial, this is a definition, that there was a beneficial force which one could actually transmit to another person. And it would actually bring life. That one person can transmit a blessing to another and it actually has power to do something in someone's life. That's the blessing. Now, if you were here as well, and this was so interesting, the word for curse in the Bible, because it's a lot of blessings and curses, right? He goes, I set before you a choice. Life, death, blessing, or curse. This was maybe the most intriguing thing to me. The word curse in the Bible means to slight it means to minimize. It was a trickle of a stream. Instead of a stream, it's a trickle. It's muddy water. So when you are actually diminishing somebody, when you are making them feel small instead of esteemed, the Bible says every time we do that to another human being, we curse them. And so you and I have a choice, and you and I have power within us for life or death in another human being. We have the choice day after day, many times in a day, to bless someone, to esteem them, to let them know that they matter and it blesses their whole life, or to minimize them, to demean them, and it actually is a curse. So the reason we did this, right, so we did this whole series on, on heaven in the spring, right after Easter. And here's what Jesus said. He said, when you and I pray, we should be asking God that his will would be done, that his kingdom would come. We should ask God that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, man, it's beautiful. <laughs> There's nothing but love. Everybody feels valued. Everybody loves. And Jesus is saying that can happen here on earth. And we should be praying and asking God to bring his kingdom down here. And here's one of those things that would happen if his kingdom came and his will was done on earth. His will is that every single one of us in this room would feel blessed. That every one of you would know how valuable you are and every one of you in this room, including all of us, that we would believe that we can bless somebody else. And that we have the power to change someone's life. Okay? So that, that's the foundation that was last week. Now today and next week, we're going to get very practical. And I'm going to talk about two things that the Bible says that you can do. And I want to tell you, man, my, this whole week was different for me. I'm going to share a couple stories with you already. My thought process is completely different when I'm at home, at work, or just out in the world. And my hope is that today when you walk out of here, you'll know, how can I bless people through really appropriate loving touch and through words all right so let's pray and we'll dive in god we love you so much we 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 want to bless you we want to lift you high today we want to say you are more valuable to us than anything else and we thank you that you have given us through jesus christ 
You tell us that you have given us every spiritual blessing. So God, the fact that you want to bless us, that you want to let us know how highly valuable we are to you, we just want to say thank you for that. Thanks for loving us. And I pray, and I just ask now that you would be gracious to everyone who's here. Be merciful to us this morning. May your word inspire us. May it teach us. May it show us how we can join you in literally changing people's lives. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's talk about the impact of touch. Now, let me say this before I even go on. I'm going to be talking about positive touch. I'm going to be talking about nothing but the touch that actually brings blessing to another. Now, people help me realize this in the first service. There's no way, I just need to say this before we jump in, there's no way that I can talk about touch today without some of you in this room who've experienced the opposite, who didn't experience touch in a positive way. In any way, whether there was abusive situations in any form. And I know that, and here's, by the way, this is one of the ways we can know how powerful touch is because when it's not used appropriately, the damage is severe. But you need to realize that's why it's so powerful because then when you take that same power and you use it for good, it has the same power, right? What are we, what, what's our choice here today? Life or death, blessing or curse. So I just, I, I just want to tell you, I, we, we know how painful that is, but man, we, we, but we're just going to swing now and we're just going to talk about, let's switch that, right? Let's change that. Let's redeem this beautiful thing called touch. All right. So here's what we need to remember as we talk about the impact of touch. Just by its word, by the very definition of touch, it means that there is connection. You do actually transmit something. This is fascinating to me. You literally transmit something. There is a power in touch that one person transmits into the other person. So in the Bible, you see all the time, like, people will lay hands, right? There's laying on of hands in the Bible. And that was a very important symbolic gesture. Because when you prayed to anoint someone to be king or anoint someone with their spiritual gifts, Paul says all the time, don't you know the gifts that are on you because of our laying of our hands on you? Well, what that was is that showed, again, you're touching someone and it's showing that what I have or what God has is coming through me into you. (laughs) So touch is really powerful. So let's look at an example of this. It's back in Genesis chapter 48. And in, in, uh, uh, Joseph, the, the amazing dream coat color guy, here he is. He says, they are the sons that God has given me. Right here, Joseph said to his father. And then Israel, who's his father, said, bring them to me so I can bless them. Right? So he's ready to bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him. Well, look at this touch. His father kissed them. And then he embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I've never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your children too. And then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees. So now you got the picture, right? These two young boys come up. They hop in their grandfather's lap. He embraces them. He's kissing them. Why? Because he's going to bless them. 
And then it goes on. Joseph, uh, and Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right toward the, Israel's left hand and Manasseh on his left toward Israel's right hand, and he brought them close to him. And then Israel reached out his right hand, put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger, and then crossing his arm, he put out his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Everything involved in this most important time of being blessed involved touch. Why? Why is touch so important? And we need to understand this, you guys, because, again, connection is happening. You do transmit something when you touch. And by the way, um, I can't remember all this exact statistics. I should have, I should have written it down. But the, the, the number of sensory neurons in your hands, a third of them, all, out of all of them that are in your body, a third of them are right in here. This was God's idea. When God decided to create us as human beings, he created us with this, un, this incredible ability to feel. It's his idea that touch actually matters, okay? So let's look at this. Here's, here's a few thoughts on touch and why it's so powerful. Touch can be expected. We should expect it. Right? So, so imagine this picture. A guy intercepts this pass, right? A U, U player intercepts the pass. Of course, it's a U player. And he runs down the field and he scores a touchdown and he runs off the field and nobody gives him a high five. <laughs> they, what, can you imagine how weird, that, how weird would that be? If he came off the field after doing this great event and everybody just said, hey, good job. No, you expect high fives. Chest bumps. Even men, burly football men, hug each other. They expect to be touched. This is so interesting. I got a bunch of studies for you. The, 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 at the study at the University of Illinois, they studied the NBA. And they found this, that the more on-court touching there was in the beginning of the season with a team. So, so how about this? How many of you actually watch basketball? Anybody? Go ahead and raise your hands if you watch basketball. Okay. If you watch basketball, every time the guy's at the free throw line, as soon as he takes a shot, what does he do? He puts out his hands like this, right? And he puts out his hands because he expects all the other four guys to come up and slap his hands. Why? Why can't they just stand there and go, hey, nice shot. No, they're expecting to be touched. And what this study found in the NBA, that the more on-court touching there was in the beginning of the season, the more successful teams were by the end. Touch predicated performance on every single NBA team. It showed, and why? Because touch strengthens relationships. When you actually touch someone, there's a marker of closeness. And so somehow, five guys out there, if you've ever played basketball, you've got to be together, man. You've got to know that those guys are on your team. And so touch actually increases that. It's fascinating. How about shaking hands? Right? There's something about shaking hands. In our culture, it's just expected to shake hands. Now, think about this. You do a business deal with somebody. You work through all the rigmarole of this business deal. You sign on the dotted line. It's all done. You push back in your chair. You reach out to shake the guy's hand, and he doesn't shake your hand. How's that feel? See, and you can say, hey, well, well, come on, man. Let's, let's shake on this. He's like, we don't need to shake on this. I signed it. It's right there on paper. What would you be thinking if he didn't shake your hand? 
See, there's, you wouldn't trust. There's something about this. You know, in fact, shaking hands is so powerful. Did you guys know that there's a pastor handshake? Watch, I'll show you. Here you go. Here, Chris. Here you go. See, that, that's the pastor handshake. I learned that in, in seminary. So, I've kidding. actually, we used to joke about that all the time, that for some reason a pastor has an ex, extra hand to make it gentle. Okay. That wasn't even in my notes, but all right. Here's another thing. We expect to be hugged by people who are close to us, by family members. I remember years ago, there was somebody who was really, really important to me. Hadn't seen him in a long time. I walked into the room, and they sat in the chair, and they're like, hey, Dave, how's it going? Man, good, good, so good to see you and stuff. And we were talking and stuff. And then my younger brother walked in the room, and the dude got out of the chair and went over and hugged him. Now, what did that communicate? He was warm. He said the right things to me. But when he got up and actually hugged my brother, there was a whole other value. Touch matters. Now, so touch can be expected, but it also can be annoying, right? How many of you right now are like, oh my God, I can't even believe I've been listening to this message. How many of you are freaking out right now about the fear that somebody might touch you today, right? <laughs> because it's not, some of us love touch and some of us hate it. But sometimes it's annoying, and you know this. If you're in a fight, okay, let's just go women. If you're in a fight with your husband, and all of a sudden he tries to reach out and touch you, what do you say? Don't touch me! <laughs> Why, why do we say that? Don't touch me. I mean, we can be in this whole argument, but you now went one step farther. What is that communicating about touch? It's powerful. And it is. It can be inappropriate. And what we say is, it's my personal space. Right? So this right here, my body, this is me. And that's why it's so powerful, because if you cross that personal space, we say you touched me personally, even holding hands, right? Do you guys remember that? Remember when you're starting to feel something for somebody? Do you remember taking the risk that first time and you actually touch each other's hands? Isn't that weird? It's awesome. It's incredible. Somebody's excited about that. But you know, but there's, but holding hands is fine. Every morning here, we get together, we talk through the whole service, we run through stuff, and then we come up on the stage and we stand in a circle, right? And we hold each other's hands. But I want to tell you what, we hold each other's hands. If anybody ever went like this to me, that would be inappropriate. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, I'm totally fine. Dude, come on, let's hold hands. Don't, don't. Man, woman, doesn't matter. Susie can do that. None of you can do that. It's weird. And here's what we know, man. You guys got to believe this. God designed us that we actually have power to bless somebody when we touch them correctly. So, studies, let me show you, these are, these are interesting. In UCLA, they found that eight to 10 meaningful touches a day is what every one of us needs. Eight to 10 meaningful touches a day. Not bumping into each other. Just some sort of, I see you, I acknowledge you, you matter to me, hand on the shoulder, doesn't matter what it is, for emotional and physical health. That's what every human being needs. You know, they, this is funny. Some guy studied this in coffee shops around the world. And here's what they found. In San Juan, they actually touch each other on average 180 times an hour. 
I don't even know how you do 180 times in an hour. But, but they do. In Paris, they touch each other on average 110 times an hour. In Gainesville, Florida, two times an hour. <laughs> and in London, England, not at all. Zero. And which one is the city of love? It's Paris. Isn't that interesting? Well, let's look at Jesus. This was fascinating to me. I have never studied this issue of touch. So I just went through the whole New Testament, looked up every verse where there was any type of touching. So, I'm not, I, so obviously, I'm not going to, I just have a few I want to share with you. Here's the first one. Matthew 8, 2 through 3. There was a man with leprosy, and he came and he knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, we don't really deal with leprosy in our culture here today. You need to understand, if someone had leprosy, they had to live in a colony. You want to talk about cursing them. They were completely diminished in value. No one could touch them. They couldn't even be around them. So here's a man with leprosy who his whole life has been demeaned, diminished, slighted, cursed, has no value. He comes to Jesus and he says, what would you, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then look what it says. And Jesus reached out his hand and he touched him. Now notice, then it says, I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Jesus didn't cleanse him and then go, okay, now give me a big hug. Before he was cleansed, he touched the man in his most deepest anguish, in his place of his deepest rejection. Jesus touched him. In, the very, in another passage, Matthew chapter 17, verse 6 and 7, it says, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down. This is the transfiguration, okay? This is where Jesus is standing before his, his, Peter, James, and John in his light, he's, the glory of heaven that we talked about. They actually saw him in his glory. So they fell down on the ground, terrified, and Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. Now here's what you need to understand. The Bible says, or the, the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Every word in here matters. Because it could as easily have said, they could have shared the same story. and said the leper came to Jesus and Jesus said, be clean. But they wanted to make sure you knew, no, he touched him. His disciples were freaking out on the ground, terrified. And he could have easily, the story could have been, and Jesus said, get up, don't be afraid. Wouldn't it be a different story? See, it's a different story because God wants us to understand when you touch somebody, it has more power. This story was amazing to me. It's found in Luke chapter 7. It's a story where Jesus is going to go in and have dinner with the religious leaders of the day. So there's a woman who is well known to have lived a very sinful life. And she finds out that Jesus is going to be hanging out with these religious leaders. So she shows up. It's very interesting. It says she stood behind him. And she was weeping so much that her tears were falling on his feet. So she got down and she washed his feet with her hair. And then she poured this incredibly expensive perfume on his feet. And so then the religious people say this. They go, man, if Jesus was a prophet, he'd know who was touching him. And he would have nothing to do with her, right? So Jesus looks at him. He knows what they're thinking. He says, hey, can I ask you guys a question? 
If somebody owed someone $50 and another guy owed the same person $500 and the debtor, he, and the person completely erased both people's debts, who would be more grateful? And they all said, well, the person who was forgiven the $500 debt. Look at this. And then Jesus turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, and look at this, this is the key, as her great love has shown. How do you show great love? Apparently, with touch. It's powerful. It changes somebody. Look at this. People wanted, they would bring children to Jesus just so he'd lay his hands on them. And then the disciples were like, no, no, no. He's too important, right? But then Mark chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus took the children. Okay, picture this. He's the important one. He takes the children in his arms, places his hands on them, and he blesses them. Okay, so here's what we need to understand. Let's dive into three applications here. First of all, I want to talk to every one of you mom and dads in this room. You need to understand that your appropriate, loving, holy, godly touch to your children changes their lives. Here's, here's some studies. University of Miami studied premature babies, preemies. They found that if, when premature babies were massaged for 45 minutes, that 40, they, the ones who were massaged, and then they didn't massage the other section, these who were massaged had a 47% greater weight gain than the ones who weren't touched. That was the only difference. We're going to touch you. And they gained weight, and these didn't. And then there was another study that showed bone growth, okay, in premature babies was half of those who had received proper touch. So the, the, the babies who did not get touch, their bone growth was half of those who actually were touched. This is God's design, man. It matters. Now, when you love your kids, and let's, let's, what does that look like? I, I got three, right? It means hugging them. It meant wrestling with them. Right? And then coming home, I mean, for years when my kids were little until they could beat me, we would just get on the floor and just wrestle with each other. It means kisses at night. It means hands on the face. It means, come on, maybe, I don't care how old my girls are, I want them sitting on my lap. It means when you're watching TV at night, sit next to each other instead of separate rooms. This kind of stuff makes a difference because if you're, so, if you're a parent who doesn't touch your child at all, if you, if you give minimal touch, they can't help but wonder, what's wrong with me? You do. They wonder, what's wrong with me? Your touch esteems them. It gives them value. It makes sure that they know that they're important. 
And when you don't do it, here's the thing, if you don't do it, it will drive them into the arms of somebody else. The promiscuity, the need for most of the, especially our two daughters, the, the promiscuity, the need for another boy's affection can be so diminished if a dad has just loved his daughter. It's a hue, it can't totally nip it, but it changes it. And if we don't give that them, they're going to go find it somewhere because we're human and we're made for it. So do you want to drive them to somebody else's arms? Or do you want them to have security and strength and confidence? You have the power to change their life. Spouses, right? We have, this is so interesting, they did studies as well, and they found that in relationships, romantic relationships, touch continues to increase, right? Because you hold hands and that's cool, and then all of a sudden you hug, and then you, that's good. And then, uh, but, the, but the touch, the appropriate touch just keeps increasing. It culminates at its apex about, apex about two years in, early on in your marriage, and then people who are married for a long time, the touch kind of goes away. Maybe one of the best things you guys could do who are married in here to just reignite your relationship is just get back to this appropriate touch. Like what? Hugs. I'm talking non-sexual touch. Guys, there is such a thing, okay? There is. Now, this is true. My wife, again, her love language is just touch. I can walk in after work, and she's, if she's cooking dinner, I can just put my hand on her shoulder, and she literally, her whole body will go, oh, just... It just ministers to her. Man, I, I need to wake up and remember that, right? So hugs, um, back rubs, holding hands, sitting with your arm around each other. There's your cue, go for it, right? Just touching when, when you pass by. You guys, it literally changes your relationship. Okay? In fact, I have a, um, my niece married a guy, his name's Curtis Wicklin, and he's an artist, and he actually put together, he drew these cartoons of he and his wife, my niece, 365 of them to show how much he, the, the blessing of their relationship. There's some a website called Tapus or whatever, and they took it, and they uh, put, put this, these words to it. My, my sister-in-law posted it, and so I saw this, and as soon as I saw it, I go, this is what we need to remember, the power that we have to change our relationship, okay? This thing has over 24 million views. Absolutely insane, okay? Watch this. phenomenal message. You have the power to give life to your husband. 
or you can diminish. You have the power to give life to your wife. Okay? The last thing on this one, then we'll get into words. And here's, here's the other thing. You guys, we can actually change each other in this room. What would happen if K2, the church, became known for a place that if you show up there, you're going to be blessed? If you show up, you're going to be esteemed. If you show up, you're going to be valued. You're going to be lifted high. This is what Jesus, because the truth is so many of us didn't receive the blessing and we're all searching for it so bad and the church can be a place, if we would learn how to do this appropriately, then we too could bless one another. So here's a couple other um, uh, studies that might help us to understand how this might work here. There was a neurosurgeon and he would take half of his patients, and when he went in for his time in the hospital, he would actually sit on the bed right next to him, and then he'd put his hand on their leg or maybe on their shoulder, you know, just to, to talk to him. He did that with half his patients. The other half of his patients, he just walked in and stood there with his clipboard, okay, asked the same questions, has the same conversation. One, he's just sitting there on the bed giving him a, a, a touch on the leg or on the shoulder. The other one, he's just standing there. They surveyed his patients, and um, people that he touched felt like he had been in their room twice as long as the people where he just stood there with the clipboard. See, when you, just, when you do that, it's powerful. So here's another one. They, they studied um, uh, flight attendants. And, and, they, and they did this. They asked who accidentally touched the people who were on the plane. And then they surveyed people afterwards. And the survey says that the people who actually had the flight attendants, just give them a thing on the shoulder or whatever kind of thing, the survey said that they, they were more qualified for their job, the airline was more professional, and the plane trip was safer. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And all it was was the flight attendant and giving them a touch. So what does that mean? So when you're out in the lobby today, did you greet each other? You know what the Bible says, right? Do you guys know we're supposed to greet one another? You know what the Bible says, and, and Scripture says, that you actually are supposed to do it with a holy kiss. So um, now we're really, our attendance will go way down. <laughs> no, but, but here's apparently... If you are thinking intentionally when you show up here on a Sunday morning and you want every person that you run into to feel valued, all you got to do is reach out your hand, touch them on the shoulder. Of course, those of you who know each other, greet them. And somehow just that small act of touch increases their value. All right? Okay. Why is that so important here? Because many of us missed out on it. So we're going to show another video clip here. That's a good transition into how touch and words are so important. It's goodwill hunting. It's a pretty intense clip. Again, realizing that many of us in this room, touch has not been a favorable thing. But here's what you need to know. In this room, we have the power to bring healing to each other. We can take what was wrong and we can restore it, okay? So let's watch this and then we'll keep going. What is that? That's your file. 
have to send it back to the judge for evaluation. Oh. Hey, you're not going to fail me, are you? What's it say? Want to read it? Why? Have you had any uh, experience with that? 20 years of counseling. Yeah, I've seen some pretty old. I mean, have you had any experience with that? Personally. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Sure ain't good. My father was an alcoholic. Me, drunk. somebody. So I'd provoke him so he wouldn't go after my mother and little brother. Interesting nights but when he wore his rings. Yeah, he used to just put a, uh, a wrench, a stick, and a belt on the table and just say choose. Well, I gotta go with the belt there, Vanna. I used to go with the wrench. Why the wrench? That's why. Your foster father. So, uh, you know, what is it, like, Will has an attachment disorder? Is it all that stuff? Fear of abandonment? Is that why, uh, is that why I broke up with Skyla? I didn't know you had. I did. You want to talk about it? No. Hey, Will. I don't know a lot. You see this? Sean, not you. It's not your fault. So, right there, if you've watched the movie, one guy who loves Will completely changes his life. And what happens is, that's the beginning. The power of that hug, that hug ends up being more powerful than everything that had happened before.
Jesus is in the business of redeeming lives. And he wants to use you and me to be his embrace, to be the hand on the back of someone's neck, to be the one to speak the words of life into each other. So no matter where you are and how much blessing you got or how much blessing you did not receive, you guys, in this room right here, through the power of Jesus Christ inside of us, you are the light of the world. And we can be the healing agents to each other. All right? So let's talk about, let's close with now the impact of spoken words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Okay, now listen, seriously, here's what we got to remember, right? You guys have all heard it. We joke about it all the time. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you is the stupidest statement ever made. <laughs> it's just the stupidest thing ever said. People say things and it brings life and death. And some of you today, you are, man, you're paralyzed. You're still limping around in your soul because of things that have been said to you. Some of you in this room, you're flying high and you're soaring and you're living life because of words that were spoken to you. In James chapter 3, it says this. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. You have power. And then it says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue sets the whole course of one's life on fire. This is God's word to you and me. What you say has the power to set someone's life on a course. Now I'm going to tell you again, moms and dads, this is the most profound thing that we got to come home with today. Realizing what we say to our children sets their life on course. Now in this scripture, James is saying, he's talking very negatively actually. He goes, you need to be very careful about what you say to each other. Because when you say negative things, in fact, other research has shown that even the way our brain works, it actually receives negative comments way more forcefully than positive ones. And that's why you've all heard it. I actually looked it up and tried to find out for every negative statement that is said to you, it takes five or six positive ones to match it. Some reason, I think it's the brokenness of this world again, our brains absorb negative comments. And it sets the course of our kids on fire. Now, last time I was reading this a couple years ago, I felt like God was saying to me, David, remember that, but also remember this. There's life and death in the power of a tongue. So not only do your negative words affect people, but you guys, we need to remember, our positive words can bring life and set someone's life on a course. Is that not incredible? You gotta remember this today. When we walk out of here, blessings and curses ripple on forever. 
okay? So let's talk a little bit about the blessing, the spoken words, because when you bless someone with a spoken word, what you're doing is you're giving them high value. You're telling them they're significant. You're telling them that they're important. That's why they wanted to use this word, man. You're like a king who walked in the room, and I'm gonna speak that into you. Man, when people tell you that, you guys know this, haven't you? I mean, the life that that brings your soul. It gives strength, it gives courage, it gives confidence, it gives hope, it gives security, it gives freedom. The people who've had someone who's blessed them with words are the people who don't live by fear. They can go out and be somebody who changes the world and now they become someone who causes a ripple effect. Because, I'm telling you this man, if you feel strong, confident, courageous, with hope, and secure, and free, then you can go out into the world and you can now give that to other people. You become so full yourself that other people don't threaten you. You're not crippled by jealousy or envy or comparison or threats. Streams, and here's what's cool, you guys. Jesus said that streams of living water will flow from within you when you receive the Holy Spirit. Now remember, what is a curse? A curse is a trickle. But Jesus says when you receive my Spirit, and here's why I think he says this. I'm telling you right now, you guys, the Holy Spirit thinks every one of you in this room rocks. I'm serious, man. The Holy Spirit is looking at every one of you in this room and going, you are of such high value to me. I would die for you. That's how valuable you are to me. So when you're a Christian and you receive the Holy Spirit inside of you, now his spirit can give you eyes to be able to see the beauty in this room. And now we can be streams of living water through the Holy Spirit. You are the light of the world. Come on, guys. Can you imagine what Sunday mornings would be like here? If we, can you imagine? It would be so life-giving if we would just see each other and walk in on Sundays and go, I can't wait to bless people. I can't wait to speak life into people. I can't wait to see the beauty in every person and remind them of that because you know the world tore them down and diminished them and slighted them and cursed them all week long. Come on, can we be that type of church? That would be unbelievable. Man, I tell you, so we need to understand the power that we have. Somebody sent me this great story. This, this woman, she actually, she, I think she wrote this on a blog or something, but she, was, she, was, um, she had a three-year-old boy who had some serious behavior issues. She had a 19-year-old, 19-month-old little girl, and she was nine months pregnant. And every time she would go anywhere with those two little kids, nine months pregnant, the three-year-old would just go off. He'd start throwing tantrums and scream and cause problems. So everywhere she went, she'd have to put him under her, her arm and then grab her little 19-month-old and walk out with everybody watching. So one day, her husband finally got him a pass to the pool. And so she, she goes to the pool with her kids, trudges them all in, packs them all up, and sure enough, as soon as she gets there, her three-year-old boy just goes off and starts throwing tantrums. And as she said, she, she goes, all the pool moms, right, they all act like they're not watching, and you are so embarrassed in this moment. 
And then she said, all of a sudden, as she was grabbing him up, grabbing her hand, trying to grab all her stuff, nine months pregnant, another woman across the, spool, the, the pool suddenly yelled, Bravo, Mama! Bravo! No one here will say this to you, she said, as she gestured toward the silent audience with one hand. But then, um, but then she said, you are doing the right thing. You've got this. Good job, Mom. And then she started to clap her hands. And she applauded my parenting at one of my lowest parenting moments to this day. And here's what she said. Do you know how often I think of that stranger and her kindness? It's been five years, but I think of her all the time. One woman seeing somebody who's speaking life into her. Five years later, ripple effects, she's totally changed. Now this morning, a thousand of you heard this story, right? I mean, this is where I'm saying, you never have, you have no idea what your one small act of kindness, what you're speaking life into another human being, the ripple effects of this. It's totally changed me this week. I, I actually, I was flying home last night and there was a woman in the row behind me with a baby next to the window screaming like crazy. And so because I heard this story, because of studying this message, I thought, man, I want to try to bless this woman, just let her know. She thought I was creepy guy, you know, <laughs> for doing it. But I, I, I just wanted to let her know I've been there and I just wanted to say, you're doing a great job as a mom. Way to go. And then there was a little woman, she was an Asian woman, I'm telling you, she was this small. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking, she, I, she was this small. And she walked, she was really old, and she walked onto the plane just like this. And they brought her in and they sat her in the row right in front of me. And the woman in that row was marvelous. We backed out to take off, and then they said, oh, sorry, we gotta come back. We gotta um, let the mechanics look at something. We're smelling some burnt plastic. Next thing you know, the firemen are on our plane. And next thing you know, we have to switch planes. And I watched this beautiful woman take this old Asian woman and just love on her and make sure, because she couldn't speak any English, and she just took care of her. You know, when we finally got off the plane and I was walking out, in my mind, I'm thinking, you, you were amazing, you rock. And you know what, in normal Dave would have never said anything. But you know what, we need to speak. You know what this woman said? She goes, do you know what? She goes, I always say something now, always. I don't know where that woman from the pool is today. I wish I could thank her. I wish I could let her know the words she spoke to me on that day changed me and my behavior forever. And they changed mine last night. And as I was able to say to that woman as she was walking in front of me, I said, said ma'am, I just want to tell you, you were awesome today. You, you blessed that woman so well. They definitely sat her next to the right person. I don't know what that did. But I'm telling you this, man, if we start speaking life into each other, we can change people's lives. And you have the power to do that. So I want to tell you, man, we're, we're at our staff here, we're trying to just use these four little letters. I see in you. I see in you. Can I just encourage you? Would you take the time to see the beauty, the wonder, the awesomeness in your children, all of you who are parents, and then speak that into them. 
Man, if you're married today, let's apply this. Let's speak words of life and encouragement. Let's honor, lift up our spouses. And you guys go to work tomorrow. Freak out all your, all your employees, right? Freak out your coworkers. Freak out your neighbors. Let's start being the church filled with the spirit of God who wants to bless and lift up and honor people. We literally could change the world. It's unbelievable. So do it sincerely, because everybody can sniff out the fakey stuff. Do it regularly. You know, it's not like, hey, man, I told you last year, right? Do it regularly. Do it publicly. I want to tell you, the most powerful thing that ever happened to me was Steve Andrews, my pastor. And this is why one of the reasons he's so important to me, my pastor back in Michigan. He was the first man that I looked up to and esteemed who spoke words of life into me. And I'll never forget, man, we'd be sitting in a group of people and he'd go off on me, like lifting me up in front of everybody else. That feels weird. But when you go home, you're like, man, confidence, security, strength, courage. It gets rid of the stuff that's inhibiting us. Come on, man, let's speak words sincerely, regularly, and publicly. You guys, if we do this, we'll change the world. We really will. So here's my application for you. That's, so this week, I want all of us, man, let's get out there and do that, and let's do it in this room. Come on, let's get our eyes off ourself. Seriously. Let's get our eyes off ourself this morning. All you Christians in this room, you didn't come here for yourself. If you did, you gotta expand your vision. This is a community, this is a body, this is a family. That's what Jesus calls us. So if we show up on Sunday with the idea, I'm coming here to bless everybody else around me, I'm telling you, it will change the very fabric of K2. Can we do that with each other? Let's start doing that every Sunday we show up here. And here's the last thing I want you to do. Everybody, how many of y'all got, got a cell phone? Y'all got a cell phone, right? Before you walk out these doors, not these, but the glass doors to go out, would you take your cell phone and bless somebody? Before you walk out the glass doors, just pull it out, and you can take 15 seconds, and you might change someone's life today. You have the power to do it. How many of you will do that before you walk out those glass doors? Grab your phone and just bless someone that you love today, all right? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you where your Bible tells us that we have every, every spiritual blessing in Christ. You long to bless us, to let us know how valuable we are, how esteemed we are to you, how important we are to you. But God, we also know that you want to speak those words through us. You want us to be the ones to bring the blessing to each other. And I'm asking that you would do it right here at K2. God, change us. Change our families. Change our marriages. Change our workplaces. Change our friendships. Change this community. May it be a place where people are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're going to close with just one song today. It's going to be a little bit different today. Perfect song to reflect. And I want you to reflect on who it is that you're going to speak life into. Now we're going to take our offering while we do this. 
And again, this is really important. We're trying to catch up to the 21st century, okay? We just realize that most people don't carry checkbooks or cash with you. And so we do want to remind you that if you want to give here at K2, the best way is to download this app right here. Just, just get the push pay thing. What's so cool is once you have this app, you guys, anytime on a Sunday morning, it takes you 15 seconds and you can just give right there. Now, secondly, for me, I actually do the recurring thing, right? So I did this already as soon as we got push pay. I just set it up so as soon as I get a paycheck, bam, my tithe goes back to God. Now, why does it go back to God? Because here's, here's what I want to tell you. I want to bless God, right? So what does it mean to bless? When you bless, you're saying you are important. You're of high value to me. And you guys, really, that's what this whole tithing thing is to God, is I want to I make sure that my first 10% goes to him because it's his. And what I'm saying is, I bless you, God. You are more valuable to me than anything else in this world. And he is. And that's why I'm glad to give it back to him immediately. So if you want to, man, right on here, you can set up just a regular thing. As soon as you get your paycheck, it'll just, bam, it just goes, and your 10% is gone. And I don't even see it. It's a beautiful way for me to make sure that God gets my best and my first, because no one is more important to him. Nothing on this earth is more important to him, to me, than him, all right? So let's give, and then let's reflect, and let's figure out how we can bless each other this week.